Um, I think it's all plugged in, Mike. I think we are recording. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, it's been a while since we've done this. It feels almost unnatural. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, well, at least partly because we're no longer in a building. We're, like, on the side of a road here. But Yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, Adam sent us the coordinates, which was weird because... We're he we're still in Limbrook, but he sent us yeah. like the like the coordinates of Yeah, like, he didn't yeah, he didn't like send us like the corner of Horton and Sunrise. He sent us the latitude and longitude of this location. And it led to this street that we're just yeah. currently just kinda standing here, just kinda looking around. I don't see him anywhere. Yeah, no. Um Wait, do you hear something? Is that gas or Yeah, I, I Mike just, Oh there. Hey, uh that's that looks like a creepy van. It's a camper. Oh, that's that's got to be him. Okay. Yeah. Adam, where the, what the hell is this thing? Right, I can't stop the car. You have to get in. All right, okay, Mike, grab, okay. grab the stuff. Start running. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got right, it. Hang on. One. Two. Jump. Got it. Okay. All right. I'm in. All right. I'm in. Close the door. Close the door. Okay. Oh, uh, Adam. Hold on. I just got to So I'm going to take this hill and then throw the e-brake on. All right. Great. We're good. Um, are you taking us to the new uh, Barone Zone in this uh, in this camper? I have taken you to the new Barone Zone. Uh, welcome to the recreational vehicle, or Winterago. The Winterago. The Winterago. But you got you bought a Winterago. A Winterago. I w- uh, well bought I. I guess I did buy it. I gave Billy my share of the, uh, Billy Joel. I gave Billy my share of the money that we got for selling the Barone Zone. And he hooked us up. I said, Billy, get us the nicest studio you can. I'm going to give you this bag of cash. And he handed me, immediately handed me the keys to this 1991 Winnebago, uh, which I renamed... The Winnerego, as you can see from the masking tape on the side. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I did see that, actually. It's very nicely written in there. I think we could do something with Sharpie there instead of the duct tape, but, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. a nice look. Ooh, um, hang on. I, let's, let's get a look. Um, okay. Oh, we got a nice couch here. So we got the sink, refrigerator. Oh, look, all the way in the back, instead of a bed, there's the, this is the recording studio. That's right. You know, Adam, I actually do have a, have a question here. Um... So, if I understand correctly, Alex sold the Barone Zone for us and gave us each an equal share. Yes. He sold the Barone Zone for $15 million, which means we each got $5 million. No, well, no we've no. gone over this several times by Mike, this point. We, we, have, we, are in the, we are barely in the green because of all the fireworks that, uh, that we bought. Fireworks. Oh, yeah, you know what? We I had to keep... pay those off. Yeah. yeah Sotheby's right. got their cut from the auction. Uh, we had to give Dwayne a share. By the end yeah. of it, I believe we all got five to six hundred thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, if this is so, uh... again, I repeat. First of all, uh, this is why I said we should have gone for the fireworks insurance when we first got the Barone Zone. Second of all, I I do want to ask though, you spent five to six hundred thousand dollars on this RV. Well, I gave the money to Billy in cash with the I gave him the pretty clear instructions go to, I thought, you know, this is an opportunity for growth. Go, you know, to downtown Manhattan, go to Wall Street, uh, get us a nice penthouse studio, um, you know, something that puts the Barone Zone to shame. And he took the money, 
He threw it in the trunk of the Bronco, handed me the keys to this thing, um, which it took me a while to find because I had to keep pressing the lock button to make it chirp. Um, but it was down there in the Madison Square Garden parking garage. Um, by the way, how was your show? Oh, the show? Yeah, where you oh, yeah, filled in for Billy's drummer. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah, was, I heard I heard you did okay. I I did mediocre. Thankfully, you know, there weren't many uh, drum riffs, except when he surprised me by doing a cover of that Phil Collins song. In the uh, air in, tonight. In the air missed, tonight, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, missed the one, drop. <laughs> I, 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 exactly. I, I did do the ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. I, I couldn't find the right drum, so it was just, uh, it was really, uh, really a bad pitter-patter. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there, Mike, just because I finished setting up the microphones back here. Um, I just want to take this time to say that this is Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. My name is Alex. That's Mike and Adam is Hi. our driver. And if you're confused, we had a very insane season one. And uh, we're just kind of refiguring out uh, where we're going to do our Everybody Loves Raymond rewatch podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Now on. We um, had... Uh, you know, when we started this podcast, we wanted it to be journalistic in nature, dry, you know, no commentary, just a straight up recap of the show, a list of the cast members, very, very um, pristine. And, you know, as happens, your personal lives get in the way of, uh, you know, what you're trying just, to do. It It just happens. It just happens. And our personal lives uh, recently ramped up in such a way that we couldn't not talk about it on the show. Sure. Um, but now, moving forward, we are going to do no... We're going to, you know, catch up with each other at the start of the show, but it's not going to be crazy this time. This time, it's going to be a normal TV rewatch podcast that everyone across the political spectrum can love. Um no so, controversy here. No controversy, no violence, no explosives, nothing. Just three guys sitting in beanbag chairs in the back of a Winnerago parked on a hill. Winnerago. <laughs> right now we're parked, but I have a feeling we're going to be moving. Well, we are very slowly rolling down the hill. Um, yeah, the, the emergency brake is not high quality. I will. Uh, I can already tell. Yeah, well, you know, this is a 1991 Win that I paid beyond market price for. Um, Kelly from the Blue Book screeched to a halt, and uh, she begged me not to do this. She said, this thing is absolutely worthless. Look at my Blue Book. And I said, there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. He's gone. Bronco, by that point, was halfway to uh, Montauk, uh, where Billy... That's yeah, what Billy yeah. lives in a lighthouse on Montauk. Um, you know the he, rare he times that over. he stops. He looks out for crime and ships. Yeah, <laughs> crime and ships. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's where we are. We're in this vehicle, but um, we will get to the episode, and we promise to keep it uh, level, calm, normal. But uh, first, let's let's check in with each other. You know, I haven't seen you guys in like two, three weeks at this point. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been a last, long time. The last we saw each other, Alex and I 
parted ways in the parking garage. Mike, I don't know what happened to you after the show. Yeah, what's yeah, happened I got, to you, Mike? I got carried off. As you, as you all know, Billy dropped you guys off in the... Uh, it, it took me backstage and basically told me, all right, you're on for the, for the Madison Square Garden show, which was uh, a lot. Um, then after that, I was really tired because we've had a day. So I kind of walked into oh, yeah, What's the same day that you saw, well, you saw God destroy a building? <laughs> I, did, I did see God destroy. You fell nearly to your death. You saw yeah. your the skyscraper that you were a third owner in fly to the moon, and you watched yeah. God destroy uh, a, another skyscraper. Jokers. Yeah, babbled the Jokers. And yeah. then you had to go on stage and play drums for Billy Joel. So quite you had a quite a day. Quite a day. That was a day. That was, that was a tough day, yeah. So I uh, I just decided to uh, go to go to Starbucks pick up a coffee, mm-hmm. but um, I opened the wrong door and ended up in a secret flat Earth meeting at Starbucks. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't a Starbucks. As I left, I realized it was next door to the Starbucks, and I just oh. opened the wrong door. Yeah, I've done um, that before. Makes sense. Yeah, but they they had a key code. But I had been to the Starbucks before, so I just entered in the bathroom code, and it just happened to be. The you same go to thing. that Starbucks a lot. Yeah, yeah, if I you do. just if I they do. gave you the bathroom code just to memorize, <laughs> well, they, they gave well, it to me once. They just never changed it. Well, and they they said you know sunk cost. You have used the bathroom enough. It's it's not quite a punch card situation. It's more of like a disaster aversion situation because <laughs> you yeah, have exactly. you have come in and not made it before. So <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> gross. Yeah, they they don't they don't love me there. They they do not uh they do not but love But it's interesting me. that this door that you went through had the same code. Are yeah, you sure really... you didn't you sure this wasn't the Starbucks bathroom that this meeting was being held in? I'm pretty sh- I'm, I'm not sure actually. It was a very cramped space actually now that you mention it. But like we've established, I've been to that bathroom many many times and there haven't been people sitting around talking about how flat the earth is, but there was this time and let me tell you, I was already suspicious. They yeah, made some very compelling points. That. Yeah, they made some very compelling points. They, uh, they, what they did is they, I was like, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I think the Earth is flat, but I have friends that don't. And they said, Mike. And they pointed to a map that was hanging up on the wall and said, "Is that a cube? Is that a is that is a that 3D? a cube?" And I said, "Is that a cube? <laughs> is that a cube?" And He's I said, "No, it's game. no, it's not a cube. It's not a sphere. That's flat." And they were like, "Yeah, flat Earth." And I was like, "Damn." All right, they got me. They that's showed it. you a map, and that's all it took. You've seen yeah, maps I mean, before. Yeah, you've, you, Mike. Are you serious or am I? Am I what? Hmm. I've seen maps before. It's, yeah, that's 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 how the world is. They they like shrink it down. And they give it to you. That's it. That's how the world is. They like shrink it down and give it to you. <laughs> yeah, they they take the world, they shrink it down, and they give you who's they a, that copy. <laughs> The I don't government know, the world people. Yeah, no, the no. World the, people. The, the world map makers. people. <laughs> the map makers. The world people. They can, they 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 do everything. Totally normal. Everybody loves Raymond Rewatch well, podcast. I don't I hope for your sake that you don't spend too much time with those people moving forward because it does sound like they are a bad influence on you, but Yeah, come you on, know, Mike. We need you here level-headed to talk about Raymond. Normally. Yeah, I, listen, I am, first of all. Second of all, you also you know what also is level-headed? Mm. 
the planet Earth. It's like oh it's, it's level. It's level. It's just one flat. It's one so flat you don't even you go beyond there that the world is just on one plane. You you think it's completely flat. It is. It is. Yeah. So no mountains. Right. That was th- those are illusions. Mountains are illusions. Mountains are illusions. Yeah. So like you can't climb Everest. Uh, if you believe hard enough, you sure can. But like you know, are listen, you saying I saw, that mountains I are saw, artificial? I saw, one, or? I saw a 100-story skyscraper be lifted into the air using Fourth of July fireworks. I'm sure that people can fly if they believe. I wish I could argue with that. I really do. And the people who are perpetrating this mountain illusion, um, mm-hmm. I have to assume these are the world people you mentioned these earlier. Are the world people. Okay. The world people think of everything. What a very specific conspiracy you've. So you you've had a weird into. couple you've weeks. You've had a weird then. couple weeks. Yeah, they they gave me a punch card. I've been nine times. If I go the tenth, I get a free sandwich. So I'm. Ooh, I'm, I'm looking forward what you to getting? That. What I, kind I of sandwich? Know. Flatbread. Flat- Flatbread. <laughs> <laughs> you were so pleased with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. Alex, how have you been these past couple of weeks? Better than Mike, apparently. Yeah. Though he's getting uh, I, a sandwich. I've been, I've been doing okay. I played I played at MSG. I found a new group of friends. This is great. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But you said you're doing better? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not doing poorly, that's for sure. You know. Um we, we talked a little bit last season about uh how uh the mayor, Oscar the mayor. Yeah. Was uh, giving us a bunch of trouble and just all, all around just not being the best influence on Limbrook. And since he has been lifted into space, um, because I sold him the Barone Zone, then he moved mm-hmm. in, and then the Barone Zone got sent to space. Yes. Uh, Limbrook, I mean, it, it's, it's as you both know, it's it's been kind of like a, there's a power vacuum. A power vacuum. Uh, a lot of people are trying to claw the way to va- uh, power. There's talks of a special election, which is very oh, interesting to me. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, because I want, you know, a leader in this town who uh, is honest and truthful and can help push our agenda. Oh, oh, yeah. Who are you thinking? I'm not I think sure. Billy, Billy ran off with the with the Bronco. I don't think he's coming back. I think I think the law is you have to be born in Lindbrook to be mayor of Lindbrook. Oh, it's one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 weird. It's like America for president, and then everywhere else there's no law about this. But then Lindbrook is Lindbrook specifically. You have to be born here to to be be the mayor. So yeah. I couldn't be mayor. No, because no, no. you know you, you 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 immigrated here yeah. illegally. <laughs> Different passport from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia, <laughs> yes. from Philadelphia. <laughs> and it's you know we should talk about how Limbrook is technically a micronation, um, much like San Marino or Vatican City, where mm-hmm. people in Limbrook have two passports. They have their own special. They don't have New York State driver's licenses. They have Limbrook driver's licenses, which are you know New York licenses crossed out in. The New York is crossed out in a sharpie, and Lindbrook is written underneath it. Because yeah. they're, they're, the last mayor was working on it, but as of yet, we're still not recognized by 186 countries, including yeah. the United States. including the UN. And, but, yeah. but, you know, like, I've been doing some research about the history of uh, Lindbrook's uh, political races, and they all seem very interesting. Like, uh, it seems... Like kind of fun, honestly. Like there's there's a slip and slide race. Uh, oh, literal races. Oh, there's a oh. there's 
there's a debate um in like uh grant park where like all those trees used to be and we just yep. you just stand you, it's like a stump speech you stand on the stump of uh, old trees and is that one a race? Do you, is it who can do their speech? Yeah, fastest? it's who can finish this their speech the fastest. Wow, that's um, how we got. That's how we got um, the yeah. eighty six year reign reign of uh, Quick Tongue Quentin. Yeah, uh, the, I, I, the, I the think mayor. after after Quentin uh, died, they changed the law that you also have to give a book report on Moby Dick so that you can't purposefully uh, give a short speech. Right, so you, you have cover to a lot. also you have to cover a lot. Um, it did seem about... unfair that they didn't have a word count in the initial rules. Yeah, and... no, no, yeah. Quentin just did like you know a sentence, and then his the other candidates couldn't compete because they actually had ideas, but and they then couldn't convey them fast enough. In the yeah. election after that, it was Eminem, who you know most people don't know was born here, uh, mm-hmm. and then moved to Detroit. And Michael Winslow were the main two candidates. You know Michael Winslow, the guy who does the sound effects from Police Academy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, was it took, almost, me, it took yeah. me a second. He almost but, yeah. did the sound effects for all of Limbrook as mayor, but yeah. you know what? He didn't he, make it. At that, And that was, you know, unfortunately marred by the their mysterious disqualification from the race and a lot of free hot dogs being handed out. And that I think convinced most people to vote for Oscar, hmm. and that's kind of how we got into our current uh, predicament. Right, and now kind of Limburg is uh, has to kind of be rebuilt up. I, I think. Well, so I, I've been just kind of uh, following uh, following the you know the the lead up to the uh, the announcements for election stuff like that. Seeing uh, who's announced their candidacy, seeing the fundraising numbers. Yeah, like hear it, listen to the rumors and stuff like yeah. that. There haven't been any announcements yet, but I'm eagerly awaiting. Okay. And uh, I okay. mean, we'll see. That's kind of yeah, all I've been doing. Well, look, we have, uh, I don't know how many people who listen to this are in Limbrook, but if, you know, one of the hosts of this show were to run for mayor, I feel like, you know, that's at least five votes. Yeah, they should be able to support us by buying the potential uh, shirts and stickers and buttons that are made for the campaign that may or may not go on sale at some point. But again, we're talking nonsense because, like, I I don't know what we're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no plan to do this yet. You're, I'm still thinking about You did that. form, I saw you with uh, a couple of those guys uh, in suits, those like lobbyist type guys. You uh, have been down at the park doing what you call an exploratory committee. Um, but it does look like you guys are just doing a scavenger hunt and having fun. Yeah, we found, um, we found, a, we found a couple like, uh, we found a set of, dice and uh a couple cards uh one of one of the lobbyists found uh like a weird penny it was like bent a little bit cool that was interesting um so great research that's where my share of the money from the barone zone went into doing that research the scavenger (laughs) yes and uh, we have a lot to show for it mainly the dice and the penny (laughs) i lost the cards oh no that's too bad that is yeah well you know what uh, bright future ahead. I, I think um, I think the next mayor is going to be one that uh, the people can be proud of. I hope so, yeah. And Me we'll too. just have to wait and see who that turns out to be. Absolutely. 
Adam, I, what's up with you, man? Oh, well, you know, since I last saw you, so we parted ways in the uh, parking garage, and I looked around. It took me a couple hours to find this thing, because Billy has a lot of vehicles down there. Um, it's kind of like a Jay Leno's garage kind of thing, but it's subterranean. Um, cool. So he's got, like, jalopies, 1920s fire engines, multiple trains, but I did find the recreational vehicle uh, eventually, and I, you know, not knowing what to do, uh, I've never driven one of these things before. I thought, where should I go to learn everything there is to know about RVs? Uh, and luckily, I did a little Bing Maps, and I saw the Idlewild Pines uh, RV park which uh, is very close to here. I drove over there. It turns out that this was actually uh, the cell phone lot at JFK, Um, Mm. but so many people had been waiting so long for their loved ones that they just stayed, and that a little community... That's really sad, actually. Yeah. They just gave up? But they were sad, and now they found this community of other sad people, and... Uh, you now know, they're all sad together. They put up some trees. They put up, uh, you know, a little fishing pond, and it was just really beautiful. And I pulled in, and the first thing I saw was, uh, people having a barbecue and drinking frozen margaritas, and uh, they waved me in. They gave me a prime spot right next to the uh, the old, uh, what do you call them, barbecues, mm-hmm. and I got out. I shook their hands and well it's all been kind of a blur since then i've just been living the rv lifestyle and have been embraced by this group of people you can't beat it it's close to the airport so i go back there every night and uh you guys are unfortunately as you can see there's not a ton of room on here yeah i did notice there's Mm -hmm. only there's only one you're gonna have to sort of uh you know find your own place to Sleep. This is gonna purely be a studio for you guys. Um, oh, okay. All right. So we'll, is, you'll just pick us up and. You mean drop I don't us get off. to live? I don't. I don't get to move out of my extraordinarily comfortable and relaxing home and move into this tight, cramped, hot RV with you and one other man. Unfortunately, no. Um, you I'm are out. not going to be able to. Everybody live. loves. Everybody loves Raymond. Is over. Oh, come on, Alex. Oh, come on, Alex. We still have to talk about the episode. Wait yeah. until oh, right. That's at right. least That's wait until the end. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, 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 you know, some dreams crushed. I'm okay. Unfortunately, you know, it's Ray, the the Raymond, the recreational lifestyle for me is 24-7. For you guys, it's going to be 2-1. You know? It's about like two hours every week. Yeah. 2-1. 2-1. Um, but, you know... That's I'm just embracing it. I'm seeing where the wind takes me. You know, we're talking about um, maybe all of us going on a RV vacation together. Uh, so if that happens, I'd be willing to bring you guys along, but I might just call in. I don't know. We're talking about going up north to Canada and seeing the northern lights. That sounds fun, but getting out of Limbrook is such a bitch for residents. Like... I I don't even know if I want to do the hassle. That's true. The border the border checks alone are going to be yeah. a whole thing, but uh we're determined. We're determined. 
but that's what I've been up to. Um, what do you guys say we we're not going to talk about our personal lives anymore for the rest of the episode, and we're gonna launch into our serious, dry, no commentary, no opinions recap of Everybody Loves Raymond. Hey, we're in season two. Yeah, season two, baby. We're talking about season two, episode one. It's called Rays on TV. And we are going to talk about it right after this. Do you want more of the Barone Boys? Then head on over to postfun.org slash donate. Sorry, Mike, Mike, Mike. Sorry, that sounded a little too Too horny. (laughs) (laughs) Can we try again a little less? Can you try again a little? Just turn down the, like, I know you love Raymond, but you're not him. You can't just be openly horny. So go ahead and and try it again. I'll I'll put my dick away. Sorry about that. (laughs) Well. Keep that out. It's audio. Don't worry. All right. All right. Do you want more of the Barone Boys? Is that that's the problem? That's the line that I'm that's taking issue with. So you should... Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were criticizing. <laughs> Do you the want more of the Barone, of the Barone Boys <laughs> for a good time? Sorry, for a good time. Go to postfun.org/slash/tony. <laughs> no. I don't want to give people the wrong impression about. Look, we are doing bonus content. Sorry, Baroness content. Baroness content. Yeah. I don't want people to think that they're getting something that they're not getting. You know, if they go to postfund.org slash donate and they pay what they want for lifetime access to the Baronis Zonus, where we're doing monthly bonus episodes of this show, and they're expecting something salacious, they're just not going to get it. We should launch this service on OnlyFans and just, Bar- keep yeah, doing, just keep doing this, but it's on OnlyFans. I, I we might be ask, more when successful are we launching, if we do that. When are we launching the Baronlyfans? That's, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> the Fans, yay! <laughs> Welcome back to Everybody Loves Everybody Loves Raymond. We're talking about season two, episode one. It's called Rays on TV. We're here in the Ray Creational vehicle, or Winnerago, if you will. Uh, I'm Adam. That's Alex. Hello. And Mike. What up? And we're going to be talking about this episode. We're going to be going scene by scene uh, through Rays on TV. But first, we do our overall impressions of the episode. Mike. Because of your beliefs, I'm going to relegate you to permanent last overall that, impression. That um, is okay with me. This is just a passive-aggressive way of um, telling you that I don't approve of your new friends and your uh, belief system. We'll have them on as guests once in a while. Will okay. we? <laughs> I, I think I, we can. I don't I think they'd be fun. That. Are they fun, this group? They're, they're fun, yeah. They gave out punch cards, Adam. Um, is, is the meeting sort of like the tone of the meeting? Is it like dour and serious? Or is it kind of like, look, guys, we all know the earth is flat. Let's have some fun with that. Uh, it depends on who's running it. If oh. Dylan's running it, it's a great time. If, uh, if, it's, if it's... Tell us if about Dylan. Dylan? Yeah, what's Dylan like? He's fun. He laughs, he laughs, and he sees the guy that, that's like, hey, Dears is flat, aha, he does, like, finger guns, he's great. He does finger guns? Yeah, he's like, flat earth, yeah, that's it. So, what, what did we think of this episode? <laughs> Alex, <laughs> what did you think of this episode? I'm glad you asked, Adam. 
I liked this episode. This is one of the few that I remembered uh, very well going into it. I don't know why I did. Oh, wait, no. Yes, I do. Because it made me feel very uncomfortable to, s- to see kind of Raymond struggle on TV. And that just tells mm-hmm. me that uh, Romano did an insanely good job at portraying someone who was terrified. And I honestly think his acting like really went up a level even like compared to like the end of last season um and yeah. it was just it was a good time it was fun it made me uncomfortable and just the whole premise is very funny um it's just uh everybody loves Raymond shenanigans a couple of changes i noticed just uh in the actual kind of layout and how it was presented on peacock specifically i noticed that the entire thing was a little more zoomed in to get it a like a wider aspect ratio but that's Mm. that's not raymond's fault oh really yes it was uh in like 169 and the other one was four by three i think before this it was i think yeah before this it was four by three and uh i noticed it initially because like robert's head was like top of his head was cut out of like every shot oh interesting i also noticed that actually i didn't piece together that it was a different aspect ratio i thought yeah you just got a new camera it, guy and I, he I think it was literally because like they they like took the four by three that it was originally shot in cut off the top and bottom and then zoomed in on it to make it widescreen that's very interesting i i guess i didn't pay attention to that um my overall impression of the episode i also remembered this and um this stands out in my mind as an episode that I remember. Um, it's great to just see a really quintessential Everybody Loves Raymond episode like this where, you know, Ray is sort of a goof, a fool, and, um, you know, we get to see the dynamics of the family really at play here. We get to see, you know, Marie and Frank giving us another insight into their parenting style we get to see Robert, you know, reacting to Ray's successes and failures, which is great to see. Um, and, you know, we get a little bit, not a ton, but we get a little nice dynamic of Ray and Deborah, you know, supporting each other. And at the end, let's not spoil it, but mm-hmm. something very big happens. Oh, hey, yo. big things. Mike, what is your overall impression of this episode? I thought it was great. Oh, you want me to say more? I thought that... Okay, cool. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, sure. I thought it was a good episode. Um, yeah, I thought it was really funny. I did not remember this episode. You guys both said that this was a uh, uh, memorable one for you. I cannot say the same. Um, I I went in completely blind, and uh, yeah, I had a great time. I loved how, you know, quickly the family turned on Ray from exalting him as this hero of television like the the next big thing to immediately just freaking ragging on him at every corner um i thought it was really really funny so yeah i enjoyed it it was a good episode yeah the uh the i mean the the, the charade went down and ray kind of revealed he was uh going back and it kind of got me thinking about the idea of lying to like ease emotions when there would be no consequences right like um I don't know if you, if Mike, if you went um, and did like an interview uh, for like, you know, Flat Earth magazine and it was like a one time thing and I thought you blew it, 
but I knew you were never going to do it again, I would be nice to you. I'd say like, hey, I think you did a good job. I think you, you were really expressive about your beliefs. And then if you told me you were going back, then I would probably be honest about it. You know, Mike, I'm not thrilled about you falling, falling in with this group, but I do know that Flat Earth Magazine is extremely popular. Mm-hmm. And if you it's a, it'd get, be a big deal if, if I you were to could get, it. get an interview in Flat Earth Magazine, or at the very least, you know, get an ad for us on the back page or something, mm-hmm. I might be convinced to, you know, let Dylan or one of your other friends come on and, you know, maybe not talk about it so much, but... Uh, you know, there's 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 got, a little quid pro quo there. What if the what if I got what if the main tag like because this is what's going to be the conversation and we can cut this out later because I this isn't relevant. We stopped. <laughs> we said we were going to stop talking about our personal lives, but um, oh yes, but of course. What if uh, what if what if the ad was uh, the premier flat Earth everybody uh, loves Raymond podcast? What about the premier everybody loves Raymond podcast hosted by? Two great Regular guys people. and their flat earth friend. Or the premiere Everybody Loves Raymond podcast. Uh, and then in the corner, a little like one of those pop out bubbles with you going like this and winking and being like, well, it's a little speech bubble coming out of that bubble saying the earth is flat. Yeah. Okay, deal. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Uh, I have $400,000. Is it four hundred thousand dollars per magazine? Actually, per mag per per printed. No, entity? no, 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 like per month that that we that we that oh, we put it in. It's yeah. a monthly, huh? Yeah, it's a monthly. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not. Uh, that's more than I would expect it to come out, but it's not ridiculous. It no, seems that's pretty about ridiculous. Ra- <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. I just how many how much how many developments are there month to month within the flat Earth community? That's what's confusing to me. Breaking news: Earth's still flat. <laughs> oh, this well, we, podcast we, is going to get flagged. We're going to get put on a list. Fantastic! <laughs> My God, D- dude! If we don't get if we don't get a warning on at least one of our podcasts, are we really white guys doing a podcast? Like, come on. This Bingo. is part of the uh, part of the experience. The um, experience. Well, you know, you keep us posted on how those negotiations go, mm-hmm. and you know, quid pro quo. I'll leave it at that. Let's uh, crack into the episode here and go to our cold open. Oh yeah, yeah. Ray comes downstairs, and uh, Marie and Frank are on the couch. They're playing with uh, Allie and the twins. And Ray crosses to the kitchen to where Deborah is looking at a picture that Allie drew, uh, which has Ray and Deborah and the twins, and then uh, giant, scary uh, entities representing Marie and Frank. And um, we see Marie and Frank are sort of, you know, when Ray came downstairs, it looked like they were all having a good time, but then we turn over to Marie and Frank at what I I wrote down the doctor's office ball thing because I don't know how else to describe that you know it's the little metal wires with the wooden balls on it that seem to only exist in pediatricians waiting rooms yeah wait oh, yeah. actually now that you mention it how the hell did they get that then do they know a doctor like yeah 
I think um, if there are any parents out there, you can tell us whether these things are commercially available or if you need a medical license to acquire one. Um, but yeah, Marie and Frank are being very domineering about it and like telling them that they're doing it wrong. Um, Deborah doesn't want to put this picture on the fridge, obviously, because what if Marie and Frank see it? And then Allie says, uh, Allie comes over and looks at the picture and uh, Deborah asks her, why did you draw grandma and grandpa like that? And she says, that's not grandma and grandpa. Those are Halloween monsters. Um, grandma and grandpa is, aren't monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the cold open. And then we yeah. go to the, uh, okay, so. I like that it cold. set up the, uh, like the whole, like uh, like a little, I guess, it's not even a B story. It's like a little side mm. joke that carries throughout yeah. the whole episode. I thought it, it was very funny. There's no yeah, resolution it it to cute. it. It's just funny. Mm-hmm. It's a cute opening moment. I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then we go to it's it's opening time. It's it's theme song time. Uh, it's not the playset. It's no. not the conveyor belt. I thought it was at first. Me too. Nope. It's conveyor belt 2.0. Is this it's, a conveyor belt at all? No. I don't know what. It's got to be some sort of wire system. It is, uh, the family is defying, gra- Ray says, not every family would defy gravity for you. That's the big difference between this and the conveyor belt opening. Ray is sitting in this lawn chair, and the family, as he mentions each of them, are swooping in from the top in some sort of anti-gravity opening. Alex mentioned this several episodes ago. I did. Like right at the beginning, I believe. Mike and I have never seen this before in our lives. So, so you two, let me ask. Now that you have been witness to one of the more stranger uh, openings, what did, what did you two think of this? I hated I, it. I hated, hated it. Hated yeah. it. Cool. I yeah. thought it was, it was just so... It, it was more ambitious than the time was capable of, and it looks really weird. It looks and terrible. It's Uncanny like, Valley kind of like disturbing. Yeah, it's just like, it's, first of all, it breaks the base reality of the show, right? Like, sure, okay, conveyor belts is like, all right, that's weird, but it's within the realm of possibility. But it's like, this isn't a superhero show. This isn't a science fiction show. This is a stupid show about a guy (laughs) that lives across the street from his parents, and it's one of the greatest works of of all time, but at the same time, no one can fly. I don't. I don't. This show is grounded, no pun intended, in realism and the life of Ray Romano. So to have the this artistic flight, no pun intended, of fancy here, um, I, I'm not mad at that personally. I'm more. It's just it does not look good. And mm-hmm. also, like if we think about the reality of these openings, you know, the conveyor belt. We assumed that Ray was standing there telling this to the mailman or something. With this, he's sitting down in a chair. It's, he's not even trying anymore. He's not even, uh, he's just waiting for people to come by. He's relaxed. I don't like this at all. Guys. The, the, the thing that bugged me the most about it, believe it or not, was not necessarily how awful it looked or the fact that they were flying. It was that in spite of all of that, the cameraman still had to change the angle at the camera to get Robert in the frame. And I thought, like, at the very end, it was just, like, dead on, dead on, dead on. And then it just, like, leans back. And I'm like, what's going on? And then Robert walks by, head still cut off, but mind you, as we discussed. But I was just like, you can't. 
I don't know. I, it yeah. Just like zoom out from the beginning. It looked really bad. Guys, guys, I know what you're saying. I agree with all of it. It's way like before the time it was capable was editing wise does not make sense with the show. The whole thing is just bizarre and it's kind of uncanny valley. That being said, I think this is my favorite intro. <laughs> For all Why? of those reasons. For all of them. Okay. We right. haven't seen my favorite one yet, which is the classical that music classical music one. Yeah, I think that one's okay. Uh, that's like um, middle of the road for me. I guess, I mean, of the ones we've seen, I think I've said that I like the conveyor belt best, and I'm still standing by that. But Yeah, me too. We come out of this nightmare, and we are at Shea Stadium. Mike, what's that? And it is raining. Mike, Mike, why don't you tell us about, if, if if you saw some of the episode descriptions for season one, and you said, I don't want to listen to any of this, and you jumped right to season two, you gotta know that Mike is our sports guy. He tells us everything about sports. Uh, So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Shea Stadium? Shea Stadium is the the stadium where the New York Mets play. It's located in Flushing, Queens, or at least it was, until it was destroyed, I believe, in 2008. Uh, And it was rebuilt in... Actually, it was... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2008, and it was rebuilt uh, as City Field, uh, literally about a hundred feet west of of uh, Shea Stadium. The current location of Shea Stadium, or the Shea Stadium, is located where City Field's parking lot currently is. Um, but at the time, this was where the Mets played, and a lot of great memories for all Mets fans were were had here. Um, they also, rev- and that's the end of sports talk. That's all I. Oh, it's named after. William Shea, that's that's also who's a great uh, uh, New York sports legend. Thank you. Uh, I didn't that... realize I was going to be doing a Shea Stadium sports talk today, so I was not prepared with little bits of trivia like I typically am. Well, if you want to take some time, we can stop down. We can go. Uh, you know, we are parked on this hill outside of what looks to be a deli and there's a uh, pool hall and a pool store you know like swimming pools so I don't know I mean we can stop down for 20 to 30 minutes if you want get a sandwich play some pool have a swim so you can do your research Oh, so I can do some research on on Shea Stadium I mean I don't think I'll find too much more other than confirming the year Um, but yeah I mean all right then don't do that Shea Stadium was torn down in oh yeah 2008 I got it right actually yeah, look at me all right great yeah. nice. classic um, classic classic location so classic that's venue. the Beatles played there too by the way sorry no that's that's good information the Beatles yeah. played there hooray Beatles um, yeah. Shea Stadium it's raining uh, we go inside look this pre- this is the press box apparently. And it looks like it sucks. I mean, doesn't it look kind of like a bus station or something? It doesn't look terrible? fun to be there. I always assumed that a press box was like a nice, you know, cush. Is is that what this is supposed to be? Is this supposed to be the press box? Because like, yeah. yes, Kevin says <sighs> he's in the press I... box. Well, no, he says that he's the radio announcer, so he's typically in the press box. But I didn't know if he was like, if this was supposedly the uh the the press box itself you know what, what I mean? else what else um, would it be i wonder like the waiting like, room for the press box 
Sorry, it the could press be box like, full. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Overflow. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I don't know. It just looked um, really like the, like plastic chairs and shitty tables and two vending machines. I have machines. seen the press box um, at City Field. It's it's nice, but typically there's a glass window because to be in the press box, you have to be announcing the game. And in order to do that, you have to see the game. And there wasn't any glass thing. You couldn't see the field from there. So I thought that was... So that's mm. part of why I didn't realize that it was the press box because it was not... Well, there's a, like a window there. It's sort of yeah, like but it's split more than a into window. two. Yeah. It's like right, the, maybe, there's maybe. like the balcony part and then Ray comes in and he's like, it doesn't look like mm-hmm. it's going to stop her. So um, Ray says it's, you know, ra- it's raining and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. So they're probably not going to play the game. Um, meanwhile, Andy and Kevin are looking. At first, we don't realize that it's a newspaper, I feel like. I think... You know, from the lines, it seems like they're looking at pornography in the workplace. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out they're just looking at personal ads for sex workers. And um, Kevin gets a call at this point from Roy Firestone, the host of Sports Look. Mike, who the hell is that? The D and D. Roy Firestone. Roy Firestone does sound like a D&D character. He kind of looks like he could be like a, some sort of fantasy character, if I'm being honest. But that's kind of mean. Uh, Roy, Roy Firestone <laughs> is a very famous American... Uh, he's a sports commentator. He's a journalist. He uh, hosted many, many uh, ESPN uh, and uh, sports talk shows throughout the years. He did actually have a... Uh, at this time, this was 1997, so he did not have a specific... Uh, sports talk show at this moment but he was on um like he was very most famous for having a show called sports look not sports talk but sports look um which was later renamed up close so uh but he he then started doing sunday uh sunday night football he announced all these playoff games and things like that so he was a very recognized media sports media person uh in um in the 90s era great um, I'm going to keep you insulting him in, um, but I mean, uh, if you look at him, he's got like a really weird shaped face and the smile like makes it bigger. So it's, it's a little bit weird. It is true. He does look impish. I think that's a kind way yeah. to describe it. Um, is it? So Kevin, I don't know if kind is the right way to say that, but yeah. Kevin gets a call from Roy Firestone and, um, we find out oh. that Kevin, Kevin is revealed is the play-by-play guy for the New York Mets at this point in time. And that made me... Ha- I have a lot of questions about that. <laughs> because, like, the only two guys that really are famous for doing play-by-play are are Ralph Kiner and Howie Rose. And those are two of the, like, big-time radio talk show, uh, like, baseball and uh, sports legends and icons of the of the New York Mets. Ralph Kiner's number is retired and hanging in City Field. And they just gave that to some random guy, Kevin James, that didn't expect us to answer any questions, ask any questions about it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm not here for it. I don't love it. Because this was also the first year that Howie Rose, 1997, was actually, hold on, the second year, I'm sorry, I looked this up. This was the second year that uh, Howie Rose did, um, did sports talk for um the for the Mets and it's just like this was a great time you had Howie Rose you had you had Ralph Kiner you can't just replace those two guys 
This is point- this is meaningless to everybody except me, but I don't care. I was upset. It's not a he's just- the fact that they didn't make him a reporter, they just made him- they made him the play-by-play -play guy, that's a much bigger deal. And he outranks Ray like, 10 to 1, and it's- yeah. Sorry. I think it's possible that in-universe, because we're- we're coming up fast on Kevin, the character, ceasing to exist, um, and being sublimated <laughs> right, by yeah. Doug Heffernan, yeah. but, um, is it possible that this is taking place right before, you know, there's some sort of time dilation happening here that this is taking place right before Howie, uh, Rose is becoming the announcer and Kevin- you know, his mysterious disappearance in a couple weeks is going to open up that slot for him. That's how I would justify are it. You implying, are you implying that Howie Rose offed Kevin? Like, <laughs> he just, like, well. like Ralph Kiner was done with, with Kevin's bullshit, and so he just, just got Howie to do the dirty work? Based on the information that I have, yes. It's a reasonable um, assumption. All I right. mean, look, we've already seen one mysterious... It's possible that Howie Rose is responsible for Leo's death, too. We don't know at this point. <laughs> Howie Rose is the Raymond assassin. The, like, the ELR, like, I gotta look ghost. up a picture of this guy. He's, he is not very uh, intimidating. He... Howie... Oh, my He's God, beloved. the teeth on this man. Okay. He's... Listen, Howie Rose is beloved. He's one of my favorite guys of all time. He's got a face for radio. I, I hate to say it, but he's he's got a face for radio. You are not holding back this episode. You, nobody's <laughs> safe. Jeez, Mike, slow down. First the Earth, and now Howie Rose. <laughs> Howie Rose is flat. <laughs> um, Howie Rose is flat. <laughs> uh, that's a much smaller conspiracy group. Okay, so Kevin is on the phone with Roy Firestone. Um, we find out that Kevin does play-by-play -play and Andy is the stats guy. Yeah. So I don't know if they actually... Do they actually both also work at Newsday with Ray? Because I feel like we've seen Andy at work with Ray. That's another it's thing possible that, that Yeah. It's possible if, that if Andy they're... is providing his stats from his work at Newsday to Kevin for him to do on the radio but i don't if it doesn't really if that's track. something that exists that's not how i understand it my understanding is that the play-by-play -play guy and the stats guy and that entire booth first of all it's not just one stats guy there's like an entire department dedicated to that stuff but um if that's the case my understanding is they're either employed by the mets or by the tv station that is broadcasting the mets games or the mm. radio station whatever it may be um, so like, but you know, Kevin came in and he was like, no, 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 I've got my own stats guy. And if you want me, and this is the sort of big timing that I'm, I'm assuming bred the resentment that eventually led to his mysterious disappearance. If you want Kevin, you got to take me Andy. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That's, yeah, it's maybe, a very, maybe. this, the whole thing is starting to get complicated. Luckily, they simplify things by murdering Kevin. They um, do. They certainly do. And replacing but him with the doppelganger. But we never see Ray go to the funeral, so that says something about him, too. It's possible that Ray didn't know and saw Doug and was sort of, had a Mandela effect thing where, I've been calling you Kevin. I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize your name was Doug Heffernan and you live in Queens with your wife, Carrie. 
Anyway, Andy does stats. Kevin gets off the phone. He tells Ray that Harvey Johnson, who I did look up and is not a real person, is taking a vacation. Mm. So Roy Firestone wants Ray to fill in on the TV show. And Ray's like, me? And Kevin's like, Roy specifically asked for a newspaper guy or a Chinese person, which... I kind of, it kind of made me laugh the randomness of it. I don't yeah. know what yeah. that means. I don't know why Roy Firestone was okay with that specific. I don't know if it's a prejudice or a fetish. Um, it's weird. What? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is weird. My read on it was that it was like you know a demographics thing, but I yeah I don't that's literally that is a no weird, idea. Weird pull. Yeah. It's, just a weird little line. Um, but Ray yeah. says he'll do it. He will go on the show. And he calls Deborah, or tries to call Deborah, and Michael answers the phone. This sounded like 100% it was a stand-up bit. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Of calling home and the kid answering. But basically, Michael answers the phone, doesn't get that it's Ray on the other end of the phone, and then drops the phone, and Ray's shouting into the phone trying to get somebody's attention. Great. Cut to the TV station. Uh, I did look to see if this makeup artist who's on the screen for a long time is credited at all. No, she got a hundred bucks and a. Here's the thing: touching Ray's, touching Ray's face is reward enough. <laughs> she wow. got a hundred bucks and a slice of pizza, and was sent on her way. Um, but Ray is talking about how his family is all excited. Uh, Marie put up flyers in the neighborhood and Frank told everyone at the Elks Lodge. Uh, the IMDb trivia points out that uh, Frank's Lodge is not called the Elks moving forward. Um, so it's who not? cares? But yeah, it's called What's the... It called? It's called the... Well, what does this say? The IMDb trivia says... Ray mentions that his dad told everyone at the Elks that he was going to be on TV, but Frank is a member of the Caribou, not the Elks. Ah. So apparently oh. that changes they, at some point. They probably got sued because the Elks Lodge is a real place in Limbrook. It is. Uh, yeah. I hope it didn't rise to the level of a lawsuit. I hope that there was well, just there, a phone call, but we'll see. there was definitely some lawyering happening there, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, if they had to quarter turn it from Elk to Caribou, like, some lawyer was like, this could be a problem. It's quite an animal change. This might be a segue, but or uh, this might be a tangent. But what is the like elk caribou relation? I think they're both. <laughs> I, that's they belong to the same family, the Cervidae family, but they are different species. Thank you, um, Adam. <laughs> okay. Um, that was worth it. I'm glad we took that. Frank time. told everyone the news of the. Uh, so then. Uh, Kevin and Ray are getting their makeup, and then Roy and James Worthy show up. Uh, Mike, who the heck is James Worthy? Here we go. Well, if I wait, hold on a second. I gotta get the thing up. Uh, yes, here we go. Okay, James Worthy. James Worthy is a legendary basketball player, and later on, a sports commentator and TV host, and 
analyst and all those kinds of things. During his playing career, he played for the LA Lakers. He won three NBA championships in 85, 87, and 88. He actually won. Uh, he was actually named MVP of the NBA Finals in 1988. He was in the All-Star Game many times. Uh, and I, I believe, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking this up right now. Cut this out for so that it sounds nicer. Yes, he got to the Basketball Hall of Fame as well. Um, after he retired for, from the LA Lakers, he did work as a coach very briefly. He did, uh, but most of his career after that was being um, a, uh, a analyst for uh, many big games, particularly in basketball history. Uh, his in jersey number was also actually retired by the Lakers, but like I said, he uh, his post games, his post NBA career was primarily just as the uh, as a guy on TV, on radio, on sports shows, much like this one, to uh, to discuss an insider's uh, perspective on the games currently happening. I do not believe he's still working today, um, but yeah, that is uh, that is James Worthy. Are alive. you referring still alive? When you say sports shows like this one, are you referring to A, the show within this episode of Raymond, B, the podcast, or C, the mini show that is the sports guy, the show within our show that your little segment constitutes? I was referencing Or D, all um, of the above. Let's go with all of the above. Let's go with all of the above. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, da da da. Where are we? Oh, by the way, I did. <laughs> this is not a joke. I did reach out to James Worthy's representation for comment. <laughs> what the, did they get back to you? No, they no, did not get back. Of course, they me. did not bring it back to him. <laughs> I did. Send hey, remember an email. that? Remember that TV show you were on for about two lines of dialogue in 1997? you have anything to say about that? Three assholes from the internet want to hear if you have a comment about it. That's Yeah, amazing. no, they didn't get back to me. I could have spent $10 to send him a message on Cameo, but... <laughs> He's, you know, money is tight. To send a message, it's $10, and there's no guarantee that you receive a reply. His video is like 200 and then you can yeah, have a live out. call with him for like 600 I was going to say, yeah, because he's got... He's a Lake. He's he's a Hall of Fame retired number Lakers player. He should he should cost more than ten dollars. But that yeah, if his representation does get back to me, I will break into the episode right here. And if you didn't hear anything, they did not get back to me. Okay, moving on. So Roy and James Worthy show up. And Ray is saying he's nervous, and, and he asks the guys if they ever feel nervous, and James Worthy says, I just throw up before every live show, which is a funny line for an athlete guest star to have. Mm -hmm. um, and then the show starts, and Ray, very awkwardly, this was like uncomfortable to see that he misses yeah. the cue that they're about to start, yeah. and he turns, and he's like, can I get some coffee? Um, and then Roy Firestone, I feel like, does a good job in this episode of acting like the look that he gives Ray as he's doing that mm -hmm. and delivering his, uh, just really funny. Um, and they go around and introduce everyone and then they introduce Ray and Ray <laughs> looks directly at the camera and says, howdy. Which that gave, that made me crack up. That was yeah, me so too. good. Howdy. <laughs> he's, he's, 
so good. It just does awkward so well in this episode. I feel like that's his persona. Like that's the the core of his persona outside of the family. And whenever they hit that note with him, it's really successful. Great. Um, their topic is steroids. Um, perhaps inspired by last season's guest star Barry Bonds. Um, Roy I says something. Don't know if Barry Bonds probably was not found out yet. I don't mm. think Barry Bonds got caught with steroids until after his legendary 2001 season, in which he hit the 70 something home runs. So mm. Barry Bonds's name. This is like still the start clean. of the steroids candle, the scandal. But as of as of right now, he's probably still clean. Yeah. Okay. Roy says something very that hit my ear wrong. He they're talking about the fact that there's been an increasing use of the steroids. So clearly, we're at the early days of this epidemic where people are still putting the article in front of steroids. The, the steroids. steroids. I don't know. No, you're right. You're uh, right. Ray apparently. Ray apparently wrote an interesting piece about this, and we've talked about what must Ray's column look like, and apparently he is diving into the big issues uh, about he wrote about Olympic athletes going pro or something, and now he's writing about steroids, and he takes a while to get going. He cannot find the word epidemic, and then it's a pretty funny exchange where James offers epidemic, and Ray's like, no, it's not an epidemic. It's more like gay... uh, uh, yeah, it's an epidemic. Epidemic. We've had yeah. moments like that on this very show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Uh, so we're operating at about the capacity that Ray is, but he kind of picks up steam, and he, you know, once he gets into like the actual information, you know, sixty-four percent of Olympic athletes would take steroids uh, if it got them an Olympic medal, even if it killed them. And then, you know, he's doing great. They're really interested in what he's saying, and then he starts scratching his uh, lav mic on his uh, lapel, and that is a really terrible sound. Um, and then we just fade out of that scene. We don't get to see any more of the interview, but I I thought that this part of the episode, like this illustration of Ray's awkwardness, was really funny. Personally, it was. I thought the second uh, go at this was funnier, but... You know, any of the little, like we were saying, anytime Ray is being an absolute awkward nightmare is always funny on this show. Always a good time. Yeah, I, I so, would agree with that. There was more work done on the second second time in a much smaller space, so it was a lot funnier. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I liked, you, you mentioned the mic scratching. I liked him like crossing his legs and then yeah. just looking super awkward and uncomfortable. Oh yeah, uh, Kevin Kevin had the Ray is like, "What do you how do you sit? Do you cross your legs?" and <laughs> and Kevin's like, "No, but I can't." Um, which is a classic Kevin James weight joke that he hey, yo. you know squeezed 7 seasons out of over on the King of Queens. <laughs> um but you know, good delivery of that line anyway. And Ray, so we cut to Ray coming home. And everybody's there. They cheer for him. Frank takes pictures. Everybody's thrilled that he was on TV. And Marie even says they should give you the show. And um, Robert is, you know, stoic. And then he mentions, I was on TV when they busted John Gotti. And Marie says, but you didn't have any lines, dear, which was really funny. Absolutely. Uh, that was John- a great line. Did you, 
Yeah, I was going to ask. Did you, you look You want up me who to John tell Gotti you who is? John? I know who John Gotti is. I saw that John Travolta movie. Uh, I did not. Tell me about John Gotti. John Gotti was uh, the boss of the Gambino crime family in New York City. Um, wow. So a mob guy. He was arrested in... Oh, 1990. So his main, his big conviction was in 1992 um, for, okay. for, I wish there was just an easy, for bribery and tax evasion. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, was, uh, pro- probably his, the least of his crimes, but yeah. His big arrest was in 1990 and he was convicted in 1992 uh, after being charged with five murders, conspiracy to murder, loan sharking, which seems like a afterthought at that point, illegal gambling, <laughs> obstruction of justice. We get into the minor ones now. Illegal gambling, obstruction of justice, bribery, and tax evasion. Um, and he was uh, convicted of, he was found guilty on all charges. Um, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Uh, so and that's John Gotti. he did Gotti. eventually die in federal prison. I actually just looked that up, so. Okay, good. He's dead. Good, he's a human we can, being. We can make, um, oh yeah. He did I murder, mean, I guess, yeah, you know, he, he murdered six He also people. murdered five people, probably way more than that, but they only got him on five, so. Yeah. You know. Well, he's gone now, but uh, Robert arrested him and was on TV, but did not have any lines. So that was just a really funny line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank mentions in passing Joe Garagiola, who I'm assuming he was referring to Joe Garagiola Sr. And I actually looked this up, Mike. He was a baseball catcher who went on to just become a regular broadcaster, not a sports broadcaster. He was a regular panelist on the Today Show. Um, So an interesting reference. But everyone's cheering for Ray, and then they send him off. Uh, He goes upstairs, and then we cut to Ray and Deborah in the bedroom. Deborah's looking at a large piece of yellow construction paper. Allie drew another picture, but still insists that the monsters aren't the parents and I thought this was funny, even though Deborah says one is bald and one is carrying a covered dish. Um, <laughs> so pretty funny. It's very good. Um, it was, yeah. And then we find out that Kevin called to tell Ray that they need him on the show again tomorrow. And this is when the whole facade sort of falls apart of, oh, Ray, you did a great job. Deborah is sort of like, hmm. She's pursing her lips. Ray calls her out for pursing her lips. And she just suggests that he practices a few words. So not getting into the whole, you know, ball of wax of you completely flamed out and looked like a fool. Just Just work on a few things. Work on a few pronunciations. So asterisk, Ray pronounces asterisk. Uh, Asking, Ray pronounces as axing. And cinnamon, Ray pronounces as cinnamon. One one thing I noticed before you go any further, Adam. um, Yeah. In the interview before this, I was watching with subtitles on. When Ray says asking in the actual like uh in the actual show like that they're doing on live TV, the subtitles say A X I N G. And I thought that was a fun oh, little, interesting. Fun little That's foreshadowing. Good attention to detail. Yeah. 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 Um it's interesting to note that um People have been saying axe instead of ask since the 8th century. The first Eng- This is what I find out. The uh, the first English translation of the Bible has axe instead of ask in many instances. And Chaucer used axe instead of ask. Uh, even though there's a negative connotation, 
to pronouncing it that way. Uh, that is mostly rooted in, you guessed it, racism. So uh, really, you know, Deborah, just chill out. Uh, you know, it's perfectly fine to and, and, have differences in pronunciation. And much like we find out or even just saw in the interview, Ray's got bigger issues with uh, yeah. the way he did his perform, the way he uh, presented himself. I, I think don't what think was, that was an issue. Yeah. What was funny about this scene was the way that it, uh, the first of all, Ray's reaction to not being able to change his pronunciation. And then Ray when Deborah spiraling. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Deborah pivots to cinnamon, uh, you know, just in case they go to the IHOP, I thought that was a funny <laughs> thing. That was a fun um, line too. Uh, brings back then, memories. <laughs> well, RIP rest in pancake D hop. Um, Ray goes over to his parents' house to ask them about his pronunciation issues, and they say they didn't notice this, but this is their opening, I feel like, and Frank points out the microphone scratching being super annoying. Marie points out Ray gesticulating, waving his hands around, um, and then they just continue to criticize him, and this makes Ray upset, obviously, once he realizes that he did not do a good job. Everyone was just telling them, telling him that he did and then talking about how bad he was behind his back. And then as he interrogates Frank and Marie, he asks them, how long have you been lying to me? And then Frank gives <laughs> this weeks. really funny little look. <laughs> Three weeks. Um, which is really funny. So good. Um, and then yeah, they Robert at this point comes in but is not acknowledged. He goes over to the freezer and... Marie says the the day Ray was born was the happiest day of their lives. And just Robert, you know, anytime Robert's look of, oh, my God. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I forget what he says to Marie. Um, oh, Marie just uh, tells him to put whatever he's taking out of the freezer back. Um, yeah. And, and then, just the Mar- look that he yeah. gives. Yeah. Yeah. Robert's look is so funny in this scene. And then Marie... It sort of sums up her thesis is parents are supposed to lie to their kids to make them feel better. And Ray says, actually, they're supposed to believe in their kids. And what um, was what was Marie's follow up? line? No, they don't. No, yeah, they don't. no, they don't. I which we've already we've already kind of touched on this before. Right. When with um, the handsome. Yeah. And Ray, like, almost tells Allie the Santa secret, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is the theme that has has appeared before, but yeah, it's always funny. Yeah. Um, uh, we yeah. cut to the next time Ray is on the show, and he is just like we mentioned, he's just flaming out completely. He's sitting on his hands. He says "axe" and then c- overcorrects himself, uh, saying "ask," and then all of the other panelists are just staring at him like <laughs> mouths again. Unwind as he just goes like. But I, tradition is the thing, and I know, I know, I know. Like if nobody raises a point, <laughs> yeah. and ah, oh, yeah, it's it's just, just a completely mess. spiraling. Just a, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Ray comes home. Everyone's in the living room, and they're kind of somber, and uh, they're just, just honest ahead. about how bad it was. And uh, you know, he starts to like grasp because clearly he's feeling the absence of the normal ego boost that he gets whenever he does anything. Mm -hmm. He's sort of like grasping at something positive, like, well, at least I tried. Right. And then they sort of latch onto that and they're like, yeah, you tried. It's good to try new things. Great for you, Ray. 
And Ray's like, well, it wasn't a total disaster, right? And Frank, I think it's Frank who's like, uh, you know, how many total disasters are there? <laughs> so good. So fucking um, good. It is funny to see Robert's uh, joy in this scene as well about Ray he's, failing, which is, you He's know, waving the see. recording, the VCR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they just sort of send him off on these. Oh, know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. After Ray goes upstairs, there's also this really funny moment when they're all just like, they gave him that ego boost. They, they cheered him up. They moved on. He went upstairs. And then uh, Deborah looks at Robert and holds out her hand for the VCR, and Robert is really reluctant to hand it over because they're going to destroy it. I just thought that was a really funny thing of, like, yeah. Marie nudging him, and just they're, they're just like, it's got to go kind of thing. Um, I agree. I like yeah. the idea of Robert wanting to hold on to something tangible that shows that Ray is fallible. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, But we go to our hot clothes, and Ray and Deborah. <laughs> Guess, honestly, I don't think we've seen a confirmed good old sex in a long time. Here it is. No. Here they it gave it to us right at the start of the second season. We saw it at the start of the first season. We see it at the, at least once a season. We will get a confirmed good old sex. Yes, they heard and, our complaints. Yep. They got our letters. <laughs> All those um, years ago. <laughs> well, you know, the royal are complaints and the royal oh, are yeah. letters of the American public. Um, right, right. Ray says, you know, he's thrilled to have had good old sex, of course. And he says, I don't think that was a total disaster. And Deborah says, well, how many total disasters are there? Um, good which is good a nice little callback. close. Yeah. Yeah. Good little yeah. callback. And that's the episode. That is season two, episode one, Ray's on TV. So mm -hmm. it's time now for us to turn our attention to the barometer, um, just to you know reset a little for people who may have skipped our first season. Uh, the barometer is a, a scale from one to ten, on which we evaluate Ray's performance as a husband, son, brother, uh, father, sportscaster, sports journalist, uh, in general, and this is. Uh, being done as part of a research project that's being funded by the Board of Regents at Lindbrook University, who are very invested in studying this show as a reflection of, you know, masculinity, fatherhood, what have you, just life in Lindbrook. So we uh, are yeah. honor-bound to faithfully rate Ray at the end of each episode on this scale. One being the, let's flip this around for this season. I didn't misspeak. I meant to do this. One is the worst men of television history. You've got your Don Drapers and Walter White all the way up to 10, which are the great sitcom dads of all time, like Uncle Phil and Danny Tanner. So, Alex, where is Ray coming in for you this episode? This is a tough one, I think, because... Once again, we have Raymond not it not being Ray presented with an issue and solving it for someone else. It's really how kind of he reacts to, you know, the situation around him. And I honestly think he didn't do anything particularly bad or good in this episode, right? Like he was asked to go on TV, he said yes. 
He made mistakes, not because he's a bad person, just because he's inexperienced in being on TV. Um, the kind of family charade of them lying to him comes out in their false support. And, um, I mean, the way he reacts to this was uh, maybe a little overdramatic. I mean, he knows his family. He, sh- he should not expect as, as much from them um, as I think he did. And I think he overall just did a fine job. He let uh, what they said get to him. They concerned. He concerned himself with uh, what they said. I feel like I'm talking like how Ray was on TV because <laughs> I'm still figuring out the score in my well, head. Well, tradition I... and, well, you know, yes, you... And, tradition's and I, important. I know, I know, I know that uh, you're going to say that Ray did a bad job, but, I, um, uh, you know, if you, if you ask, if you ask, if you ask <laughs> me, I think he, he didn't do too bad. I think, you know, talking in public and on TV is a, is a, is a tough thing to do. Um, uh, I, I mean, for this one, I'm, I'm going to meet him at the middle of the road and I'm just going to say six. All right. Six. I'm going right. to go now. Cause Mike is, uh, in timeout. It's very in, weird. Yeah, that's a good way to put drawn it. the line here, but that's all right. All right. Well, this is, you know, I, I am firm. A lot of people are sort of passively accepting the reality that the earth is an oblate spheroid that is circling the sun and oblate. is that's the shape of the globe. You don't remember that from earth science? I remember there being a map. <laughs> I remember being <laughs> pretty what do, you, what do you think a topographical map is representing then? If you think that, you know, as we've established, you don't think mountains are real. What yeah. are those changes in gradation that a topographical map represents a stylistic choice. <laughs> you think somebody just, just came and drew some squiggles? Yeah, on it. just drew some squiggles because it was too boring otherwise. So they just yeah. Okay. Um, but I am I am actively a round earther, and I go to the meetings and stuff. We actually have a little community at the. There RV are park. meetings about round. Somehow I think that meetings of round earthers might be a little bit. Well, it's just it's me and Diane at this point. And we sit around the pond at the RV park and we look at the globe and we're like, yep, there it is. And we sort of discuss, you know, the latest astrophysical developments and uh, read journals. And yeah, we are actively round earthers. We give money to round earth organizations. And that's why I'm so hard on your newfound group of friends because it's important to me to spread the word that yes the word is that yes the world is round. You got there. So, for me on the barometer, I'm going to agree with Alex that the conflict here is just Ray trying something and failing. It's not he doesn't really create an issue. But I am going to judge him a little more harshly because he sort of forces everybody at the end of the episode to maintain the status quo. Like, there really isn't a growth... It is a growth opportunity for him to, you know, try something, fail, 
you know, have a conversation with his family about, you know, it's not helpful to me when you lie to me and tell me I did a great job. You can point out the things that I did well and point out areas for improvement, but it's not helpful to just say that I did perfect when I really didn't. That's an opportunity for growth that I feel like Ray being the cowardly sort of feckless guy that he is doesn't embrace and turns away from and says, you know what, let's just get everyone to tell me what I did great again and build up my ego again. So I'm going to give Ray a four because Mm. I, I wish he would have taken that opportunity for growth. Very fair. Yeah. Mike, where are you coming in? Uh, I'm actually going to side more with, I understand your complaint, Adam. I don't think it's enough for me to bring him down two whole points, though, if I'm being honest okay. with you. I think that he, uh, I mean, let's be real. He made a fool of himself on national television. Like, an absolute embarrassment. Like, it cannot be overstated how bad he did a job of on television. Like, if the kids were a bit older, I would genuinely be concerned that they that they would be bullied in school if it was not. Uh, if it just because of Ray's behavior, he did a terrible job. Uh, that being said, I don't think he did anything morally wrong. Just, you know, kind of, if anything, the only person here that did anything wrong was the network inviting him back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, genuinely, why the fair. hell? Like, they saw what we saw. Why did they bring him back? I just... There had to be more people to replace Howard Johnson than than Ray Brown, you know? There there had to Harvey, be Harvey Harvey Johnson. Harvey Johnson. Sorry, Howard is Howard, Howard Johnson owns the breakfast is a place. hotelier. Yes. Yeah, the that's breakfast right. Breakfast place. <laughs> <laughs> so So listen, all I'm saying is there were definitely other sports writers or as we learn the other ask people of chinese descent that would have loved to be in this position and would have done a much better job um if anything i guess kevin must have been wanting to prank him but i don't know man i don't think that that was a very good i think that kevin sucks i'll be real with you first he tries to replace ralph kiner and then he tries to uh embarrass ray so fuck kevin but that's not really the point of the show uh the show is to review ray ray doesn't do much wrong i think that he was desperately at the end i think he was trying to like look for something to make himself feel better because he walked away from that with the feeling that he did atrocious and i don't think it was wrong for him to look for some comfort from his family and his family sure maybe they didn't have to lie to him but my god he walked in, and the first thing Marie said was, well, that didn't go too well, did it? <laughs> and Deborah goes, you know, I begged you to say little star. They immediately start saying the bad things. So I don't think Ray did anything bad. I don't think he did anything. He definitely didn't do much right. Um, but he didn't do anything too bad. I'm going to I'm gonna stick at a six, because uh, I, I don't think that he did enough to be even better than that. Um so yeah, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna say six. Okay. Before you do the average, I will revise my score because I forgot. It's been so long. I forgot my rule about giving Ray a bonus when he has good old sex. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm gonna bump him up to a five. And even though I hear your what you're saying, and I think I should bump him up to a five anyway. But yeah, I'm gonna come up to a five. Okay. Well, that rounds Ray out to a season two opening score of five point six on the way better than his start in season one. Let me yeah. tell yeah, you. Yeah, what did he start at? Like a four, something like that. Uh, he actually lucky. started at a five oh. exactly, so he is okay. moving up. So yeah, moving but, but, up. that's an improvement. That's an improvement. Okay. So that's that. Good for you, Ray. Coming in just a little bit above average. Um, that's Ray's on TV. Uh, listen, if you enjoyed this program, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find it. Uh, we will read your review on the air, of course, um, if it's positive. And... Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Barone Zone. We're on the Reddit. We are on uh, the email. We're on email now. We are on uh, the you email. You can hit us up at Raymond at PostFun.org. And uh, speaking of PostFun.org, if you are interested in getting a little bit more of this show each month, we've got monthly bonus episodes in the Baronus Zonus. Go over to postfund.org slash donate and get lifetime access for a dollar amount of your choosing. It's a pay-what-you-want wall. And um, the other thing, we mentioned this last week, Alex and I, in the parking garage. That's right. But uh, we have a segment on this show called Remembrances. Those are uh, appearances of this cast in other media, you know, other shows, other... Um, just one off, you know, if you see a TMZ video of Patricia Heaton coming out of a Ben and Jerry's that we will take it and we will talk about it for 25 minutes. Uh, we also have Judge Deborah. These are oppositional, uh, hypothetical situations where we're comparing one related thing to another related thing. So, you know, who, why is the first thing that I thought of who has the bigger dick, Frank or Robert? But we're not going to do that. Robert. Robert. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, Frank's that's got the question. power. Frank does yeah. not have the size. Who would you rather yeah, spend no. a who would you rather spend a passion-filled night with, Robert or Frank? Um Frank. Robert, I feel like he would just take care of me. Yeah, but, so, but Frank 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 Let's save yeah, it for jokes. Yes. Let's grace me. Let's so save I'm him here for, for that. Debra. Oh my God! Frank's, okay, Frank's the top. I'm down here for that. You can cut that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. So that's that's Judge that's my Debra. New ringtone. <laughs> so we have those segments, um, and previously we've asked them to be sent in on uh, to Raymond at PostFun.org or through the social channels. We would like those to be sent uh, via the new PostFun forums forums so go to forums.postfun.org and you can um post a remembrance of judge deborah talk about the episodes as they come out uh we would love to foster a little community around this show and our network etc so head on over there we do have our icebreaker that we started last week of your favorite billy joel song you can put that in if you're a little shy um, but that's where we'll be taking those as well as any questions or comments that you want to share with us. We will be checking those frequently. Uh, so there's only one last thing to say. It's our classic sign off. 
everybody loves Raymond, and we love you. Yeah, we're